There's a great idea in there, but good lord, dude, ease up on the cocaine. Oh yeah, I'll watch this movie again, because it's instantly forgettable. Do a job of the Hut spinoff. Let's get crazy. I got enough misery in my life. That was so good. Get out of here. Charlie Sheen has a breakdown. Oh, farts in a bag? Hello, everyone. Welcome to Movie Freaks, the only podcast on the net where everything is cool, man. It's all good. It's all good. No worries. No worries. Now go get your fucking shine box. <laughs> oh. I'm Eric Marner. And I'm Eugene Weaver. And rest in peace to Mr. Frank Vincent, 78, who spoke those yeah. immortal words in Goodfellas. Uh, what a bummer. So many of the greats are, are passing the last couple of years, it seems. It seems, but it's just our age, I think. I think yeah. when everybody starts hitting 40, then all of the people they grew up with start dying. Yeah. Probably no different. We're just a little more aware of it because of the internet. That's true. That is true. And two weeks in a row, starting off the show with death and destruction. Yes, death and destruction and... Just hilarious. <laughs> okay. <laughs> How are you doing, sir? Ah, uh, good. Very good. Yes. Had a busy day, but winding down, I told my wife earlier, I'm like, I'm ready for a podcast. I'm ready to talk some movies after this business, 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 business. Let's get on to the business of movies. Now it's going to be the chill talking about movies. (laughs) Oh, it may be some business of movies. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, same here. It's been a crazy week. I'm I'm really glad that tomorrow is Friday. Yeah. And the weekend is once again upon us, and we can just, just hopefully chill out. Me too. Uh, Fridays is a very, very, I mean, Fridays are busy, busy for me, but the reward is that, you know, Friday night, we usually try to take the kids out somewhere to, you know, grab a quick bite to eat and then we go walk around Toys R Us. That's the reward? For them, for, uh, <laughs> I was gonna say. Uh, yeah, now that I think about it, wow. <laughs> Hell of, a, hell of a Friday night, bro. Yep. Oh, that's, that is my Friday nights. It's, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I manage a movie theater and I don't know the last time that I actually went to a movie theater apart from, apart from the one that I manage. Yeah. To watch a movie. I, I am stumped. It's, it's something this summer, but I can't remember. Wonder Woman, maybe. Uh, well, that was like in March. It's, you've seen something since then. Oh, I don't... Alien Covenant. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I, I've i only seen a couple, too, and I keep checking the listings, and I'm like, oh, maybe I have time today, and then it's like, no, I don't. Work, yeah. work, work, work. Yeah. My, my wife was actually even trying to get me to... Like, she's like, you know what? I've got to... Uh, i got to go meet with the kids' teachers, which I wasn't going to go to. She's like, you don't have to go to that thing. And uh, she's like... Because I was working, but she's like, on your way back, Go to Tinseltown and watch it. And I'm like, you know what? After a long day, I don't want to, I, I don't have three hours. I don't have two hours and 15 minutes for the movie and 20, 25 minutes for previews and the draw. I'm like, no, I, no, which is crazy because I really want to see that movie, but it's like time is so valuable that that's three hours. And so. what I keep running into is, I'm, I, well, I got just enough time to do that. Then I go get the kid from the sitter. I'll be back in time to get the kid from school and whatever and then i'm like or i could go pick up the kid from the sitter take him home put him to bed and watch anything i want for like two hours yeah yeah 
That's, you know, I would much rather start the movie at 9.30 and spill my drink in my lap at 10.30 and be done. <laughs> yeah, that's usually what I end up doing. It's just, I, I have such a wealth of <laughs> of stuff at my fingertips here with the uh, joy of the internet. Yeah. Which we'll get into some of that with Recently Watched. Ah, yes, we will. All right. Are you ready to move on to the show? Mm-hmm. Let's start off like we always do with the roulette. Dive into the ocean of cinema where we try and find those gems in the rough. And last week it was Burnt up against Patchwork. And I'm up first this week. Joy. Uh, Burnt, a chef who destroyed his career through recklessness and bad behavior, comes to London to redeem himself and regain his former glory. Starring... Uh, I was going to hold the thing up and I didn't, because I'm busy watching the Indians in the background. Going for win number 22. A record... And you do know which care. is great. You do I, not care at all. No, actually, I'm like, I, I every now and then I see someone post something on Facebook. I'm like, oh hey, go tribe. I think they're going to win the World Series this year. What? Oh, like, for sure. are they? Are they oh, that good? Oh yes, yes, yes. What? No, no, that literally is news to me. I'm like, okay, yeah. Playoffs, playoffs start next month, and they're right now they're. If they win this game, they'll have broke a record that was set in 1930 or something. No, I mean this is a big deal right now. Nice. Oh, yeah, that's great. I, I Okay, uh, here we go. I was looking for the cast list, because the cast list on this movie is pretty good. Bradley Cooper, Sienna Miller, Daniel Bruel, I think that's how you say his name. Uh, Matthew Reese, he's good in that, too. Anyway, Uma Thurman, that was the other name. Uh, and Emma Thompson. And this movie is, I, I'll give this movie a thumbs up. I, I didn't love it, I didn't hate it. Uh, I mentioned last week that I've been in watching cooking shows and stuff again. I, I really enjoy cooking and I'm into, you know, coming up with new things to make at home and whatnot. And uh, this was not that kind of movie. I was hoping for something a little more in the vein of the happy-go-lucky, um, what was the one with, um, it's one of those nights. I'm not going to be able to bring up any freaking name. Is that the one with the guy that directed Iron John Favreau? John Favreau, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That was I, a good movie. I only watched about half of that movie. It was on TV or something in, in the background at my parents' house. But but I thought that had a much more uplifting kind of feeling than this yes, movie. Yes, that, that was a really good movie. This movie is a... Bradley Cooper is trying to be a supreme gourmet chef. And so it's more like a Gordon Ramsay situation where he's running around screaming at everybody. And you hate him for 75% of the movie. So even by the time he kind of has his turnaround, as you know that inevitably he's going to oh, have, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm still kind of like, eh, fuck you. I don't know. You're still kind of a prick. I just, I don't. Is it well made? Or it's it? yeah, it's well made. The food doesn't look all that appealing to me though, because it's that ultra, ultra high class, expensive shit. Where it's like tiny little portions. Tiny in the little. Of the here's with... a noodle and a slice cube of meat and some sprinkling of sauce and I don't. I'm like I don't even know what I'm looking at. I mean, that that might be great for the people that can afford to do such things, but I'm not one of those people, and so it doesn't really appeal to me. All I've much. just I've never got that. I would give me a big burrito smothered in Mexican melted yes. cheese and yes, give me that. For for five bucks or six bucks. Yes. That's... And fried pork rind things. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> what were those things called that I gave you this week? Chimba, oh, chimba. farts in a bag? 
pretty much. <laughs> I was like, here, you enjoy this. Anyway, uh, derail. Uh, burnt. Um, it. I, I did give it a passing thumbs up. It was okay. It was definitely, it was well made. It was well acted. It's a great cast. It was interesting. But uh, ultimately, will I watch it again? No. I'm good. The main character was just too much of a prick for me to really have any sort of sympathy for him. And, eh, that's about it. Over to you, Patchwork. Okay, um... <sighs> I, I mean, I hate to do it, um, because I don't, I don't like trashing movies, but here we go, hang on. Oh, I don't Patchwork. feel any pity for you at all. Oh, it's, it's something, um... 2015, uh, have you ever heard of the movie Frankenhooker? Probably not, yes, but... of course I have. Okay. Uh, whatever Theodorus Rex or whatever bullshit we ended the show on last week, no, but Frankenhooker, yes. Okay. So, it's kind of that, but, uh, and I, I really try to not use the word hipster. I really try to not, but here it is. This is a quote-unquote witty comedy, uh, slash horror movie, but not horror, uh, Three women are drugged and their bodies are all assembled together into one body. And we see their inner monologue with the three women like in the brain, like talking and joking and being mean to each other and fighting and whatever. And as they try to figure out what happened to them and how they got to where they were stitched together. And I uh, hate that already. Oh, I, I, I hated it. I hated every character in the movie. Um, I hated their smarmy dialogue, their smarmy, witty dialogue that wasn't cool or funny at all. Uh, I, zero. I actually, I gave the movie zero stars, even though it was relatively somewhat competently made. Obviously, this was one of those independent type movies with the HD cameras and all that stuff, but I hated everything about this movie. Hated everything. Um, was it, even the, what, did it qualify as a horror movie? Was it like gory at least or something? No, even the gore was uh, of the, like, there was some CGI blood, and then there would be some body parts, but it was just all very fake looking to me. Like, the like the blood looked way too artificial. It just, you know, like, oh, it's, it's red KY jelly, or it's red whatever. I, I... Actually, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie. The last 10, 15 minutes, I started hitting the, uh, X2. Like, I'm watching it. It's all, it's, it, they're all, everything's moving real fast. Cause I, I, I want to say that I watched the whole thing, but I, I hated it so bad that it was on X2. <laughs> That's okay. I, I accept it for that movie. Yeah. But good lord, that was, oh, and the, the lead girl, the main girl in it, um, I, you hate everybody. You hate everybody in it. And ma- this, could appeal to some people, but man, to me, oh, that was a chore. That was a chore. Okay, well, let's move on to other movies. <clears throat> Quit wasting time with that. Once again, we're we're doing this for the audience, everybody. We're we're, we're watching these movies, so oh, I don't want to be negative. Don't curse the darkness. I, I so that we can find the ones that slip past your radar. Yes. Okay, let's move on to the next round, in which I threw you three movies that will probably be shit-tastic, because you threw me no safety net this week, so I was <laughs> like, what a shit show. I was like, here you go, so right back at you, I guess. <laughs> uh, it's not October yet, you know, dude. You can you can throw me one safe pick, but that's so oh, much. Oh, I, 
I thought I did. No. No. Uh, demonic. When amateur ghost hunters visit an abandoned home, their investigation turns into a massacre, leaving questions for a detective and a psychologist. The house October built is almost too good to throw at you this week, I think. Five friends hit the road to find the best gimmicky Halloween haunted house, but soon a terrifyingly real evil begins to hound their steps, and this passed the trailer test with flying colors. This looks awesome. The Transfiguration. Five friends hit the road to find the best... Oh, once again, I copied <laughs> the damn wrong thing. The Transfiguration. I don't know what that... This is what happened. Like, I was so busy today that I had to do all of my show prep, like, within the last frickin' hour before we started. How did I do that two weeks in a row? Now, the, I added the Transfiguration because the premise doesn't sound that great to me, but I think one of my friends online said it was good, so that's why I added it. When troubled teen Milo, who has a fascination with vampire lore, meets the equally alienated Sophie, the two form a bond that begins to blur Milo's fantasy into reality. There you go. Over to you. Okay. First up for you is... Now, I think that this one might have potential. It's a Netflix original called Little Evil. What genre? <laughs> and it's a... It's a horror comedy. Which I'm uh, not a fan of. Go ahead. Yeah, but okay. Um, a recently married man wants to bond over it with his stepson, begins to fear that the boy is a demon. Um, I like Adam Scott. Adam Scott is in this. And uh, Evangel uh, Evangelina Lily. Evangeline Lily? Lily, yeah. I butchered that name. That's uh, all right. From, from you, Lost. She's in it. Did you watch the trailer? Yes. I did. I, I'm... Regardless, at some point, I'll watch that. You like that trailer? Yeah, I think it looks pretty good. Ugh. I actually was waiting for you to throw that my way. I didn't add it to my queue, so I... I oh. might yet. We're getting into October where I'm going to throw you everything horror soon, but... I, I, I watched the trailer, I was like, meh. It looks like a lot of slapsticky kind of dumb jokes trying to convince that, uh, that the kid's evil, but he's not, and... Meh. <laughs> well, maybe the next one will be more to your liking. The Drowning, starring Julia Stiles and uh, Josh Charles, uh, child psychologist. <laughs> did you watch child this trailer? Uh, this one here, I did not. I oh, just saw it. I did. Well, I, I saw Julia Stiles was in it. I'm like, well, there's a name actress. Uh, what? <laughs> okay. Uh, child psychologist Tom Seymour's testimony helped convict a, bo a boy of murder. Years later, their paths cross again, raising <laughs> uncomfortable questions. Uh, <laughs> that sounds fun. And last but not least is, uh, this is a surefire, maybe not anything, Dead Awake. Uh, <laughs> it's an hour and 40 minutes. <laughs> oh, wow, I'm getting the giggles. Uh, while investigating the death of her twin sister. Her twin sister, I'm sure she's a teenager. Uh, Actually, she's not. Has, oh, well, there you go. A social worker unwittingly opens the door to an evil supernatural entity. And I would, well, I would watch two of the three of these, definitely. So. Wait a minute. Which one wouldn't you watch? Uh, the drowning one. Then why is it on my list? Well, yeah, I want to see I me. Mean, you might oh, okay. watch it and be like, oh, it's pretty good. You should watch it. Uh, no, I watched the trailer. It's terrible. Uh, Dead Awake. I will take Dead Awake. That, that trailer had potential. Looks like it could be a good kind of creepy, scary movie. I'm a little... I wish I could be adding it to my watch list for October because I'm going to go on such a tear, but that's all right. Dead Awake. I, it looked genuinely creepy. Dealing with the sleep paralysis. 
Oh, that, okay. It looked like oh. sleep paralysis movie crossed with a James Wan. Like that Nightmare, the the Nightmare documentary. I thought that was a good movie. Yeah, it's all right. But it, except it's a movie. Yeah. Jump scares well, and creepy hag lady holding people down. and I mean, the trailer gave away most of the movie, but... Of course. There you go. Okay. And, what and um, I will... i got to say that House October Belt looks and sounds really good, but let's hang on to that one for October. I'm going to pick Demonic. That's a surefire zero, I think. What? I don't know. <laughs> James Wan Presents? Oh, uh, that's good. Yeah. I, mean, I, I, I watched the trailer for it, and I'm like, you know... Oh, okay. The the trailer for that looks better than anything that I saw in Patchwork by a by a New York mile. <laughs> so so you watch the trailers of the movies that you might have to watch, but of the ones you you shovel my way, it's like eh. oh, little evil. Well, little evil. I I thought that looked pretty good. <laughs> that drowning movie <laughs> was so bad. Ah, <sighs> but Julia Stiles is something. What? Name one movie she has done that is not Ten Things I Hate About You or a Jason Bourne sidekick. Oh, okay. I There's a name actor. I was going <laughs> uh, to say the Jason Bourne uh, movies, but... Um... Next oh. week on The Roulette, it will be Dead Awake <laughs> up against Demonic. <laughs> oh, yay. <laughs> that House October build, I actually, right now, I'm, I want to tell you, don't go watch the trailer because you will watch the movie immediately after. That's how good okay. that trailer was. It was, at least to me. Okay. I haven't watched the one, the trailer for the Transfiguration. The only reason that that stayed in my queue is because of uh, somebody online that okay. I trusted somewhere. I, I I kept it on there. Okay. Okay. Let's move on to Rabbit Trail this week. And interesting turns of events. Bum bum bum. I thought that well, it was half requested online, and but I also felt like we should do a part two to last week's conversation because there was big news moving forward in both of the topics that we brought. And I thought it would be a good idea to uh, touch on those. I'm up first. So I'll just go with the topic that I brought, which was about star Wars and the director fiasco, or if you want to call it that the director's shifting around with uh, Colin Trevorrow being out. And we speculated on who could be the next director. Turns out the new director of episode nine is JJ Abrams. Your thoughts on this? Uh, here, maybe this is a, a an unpopular thing, but I think that's great. I think that's perfectly fine. All I was seeing online was hate. Come on, do something different. Do something. I'm like, why? He's a good director. I think he's. I thought Force Awakens was great, and this is. I mean, it's not. It's not being too risky. That's for sure. But neither is getting Ron Howard to take care of the uh, Han Solo movie. Agreed. I. I like I, – J.J. Abrams is one of my favorite working directors right now. I mean, yeah, some of his movies, I guess, can start to feel a bit cookie-cutter-ish, but they're all good. I haven't seen one not-good J.J. Abrams movie. What do you think? I, I think it's a good choice. It's a safe – he's a safe pick. I did think that he was done. Like, I'm only directing one, and I'm done. I, I saw – I don't want to say 50-50 hate and love, but I did see a fair amount of people saying – I really like Force Awakens, and I'm okay with this. I think this is good. And then I... I mean, there, all of the people that I saw that didn't like it, they keep bringing up that how uh, Episode 7 is kind of a mirror of Episode 4, and I can't really fault them on that. And Episode 7 has issues, for sure. 
I just watched it again for like the sixth or seventh time because I'm still kind of perplexed by this movie. What do I personally feel about J.J. taking over episode nine? I didn't really feel anything. I don't... I'm not disappointed. I'm not excited either because I feel like it's such a safe pick that... I don't know. I'm just not... I'm not, I know that it's not going to be a shit show. No, you know, it won't. I feel, and, I feel confident in that. And that's, uh, in that regard, I'm like, okay, let's see what it is. Hopefully the last Jedi is going to turn the story enough that it's not just going to be a return of the Jedi clone. You know what I mean? If yeah. last Jedi is just a retread of empire, I'm going to be, I don't know. I'm going to be having some questions, but I don't think they're going to do that. And I no. don't think they'll do that with nine either. But yeah. I, I, I tell you, I have full confidence in Kathleen Kennedy. I, man, they've got a, so far, yeah, they're maybe a bit daring with these up and coming directors, but I really like that, uh, they rule with an iron fist with the Star Wars universe. I think that's fine with me. And if, if what it takes right now is to be more on the safe side and then maybe down the road, uh, do a, I don't know, do a, Job of the Hut spinoff with so and so directing whatever, I, and let's no, get crazy. They have not made a movie yet that makes me disagree with what you just said. So, to, so far, I agree with you. I'm with Kathleen Kennedy. Yeah, and I, I, I have questions about Ron Howard. I'm like, wow. But then the stories keep filtering out from people behind the scenes, where how difficult Lord and Miller were, and how difficult Colin Trevorrow has a history of being. Now, let's keep in mind he's made. Like three movies, the, the two, Jurassic Park, two yeah, indies, Park. and a vanilla Jurassic Park movie, and yeah. and supposedly his um, ego is through the roof. Really? Be- yeah. I'm guessing because of Jurassic World. Yeah. Was that? Yeah. yeah supposedly, I, I, from all reports, he is a was a giant pain in the ass on the movie he made after that, Book of Henry, which apparently sucks. I haven't seen. No, oh, really? Nobody I else has. It had a limited run and got terrible reviews across the board. Was that after Jurassic World? Yes. Okay. That, he's made two indie movies. There was one time travel thing, then Jurassic World, then this, or the Book of Henry, and then was next up for Star Wars, and apparently was trying to really throw his weight around, and I, I just heard his ego is out of control from reports on wow. that, if they're to be believed. And same yeah. kind of with Lord and Miller, where they're like, you know, these guys, I said it last week, they have a Marvel plan. They have a 15-year plan with this shit. So you can't be coming in and going, I'm going to, uh, just off the top of my head, let's have the Millennium Falcon crash and explode a million pieces. Okay, that doesn't really work for our long-term plan. Well, we're going to do it anyway. Great, you're fired. Goodbye. I, you know, I, yeah. I, you can't be coming in swinging your big dick around when you have, like, three credits. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you, I'm, I'm glad you made the Lego movie work and that you're very funny. I, I would welcome you to go make a Flash movie. They're still looking for a director, I think. Maybe not. I don't know. I'll forget. Anyway, point being, y- you can't step into something like Star Wars and think, okay, let me put my imprint on it. I mean, you can to a degree, but I don't know. And again, yeah, just... until they disappoint me or until one fails, this is the way it's going to be. You tow the company line or fuck off. I, and I am fully supportive of that. It if they want to get kind of crazy with maybe extended universe type stuff down, down the way. Cause I even the, the uh, Han Solo type stuff, I don't think that's really extended universe stuff, but if they get, start getting into, it's a star Wars universe type thing, but this is a completely different 
thing and then maybe get more experimental. But for now, I'd say toe the line. They're good movies. They're great movies. And that's what I want to see. In December, I want to see a great movie that I agree. It, but to your, to what you were saying with the spinoff movies, I feel like there is your place to get really crazy and do have different directors come in and put their stamp on it. But it's got to be something that's a true spinoff because things like Rogue One and a young Han Solo movie, these things kind of work into canon to the main star, like mm. Skywalker saga stuff. So you got to kind of be in tone or in tune with that tone to a degree. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can't make Rogue One a, a comedy or it's like, it doesn't really work. Yeah. Not that they were but trying to do that. I'm just throwing out a weird example. Yeah. You can make it a, I don't know, a horror movie. I don't know. You can, yeah. Now, now something like, uh, uh, what, what's the, a Boba Fett movie that has, that is unrelated to the Skywalker stuff. Go nuts. Make that thing R rated. Do whatever you want. It doesn't matter because it's not going to affect the main saga story. And uh, that's just my opinion. Yeah. Know. Or who knows? Like, do you think they're ever going to go, go to like Knights of the Old Republic? I, I know that that's not really canon anymore, but what if they would do something crazy like that? Like, like years and years and years and years before any, any of this happened, whatever. It, it's entirely possible. I've even been hearing rumors that they're not going to stop at episode nine, that the saga will keep going, that they'll do another three. I don't care. I'm one of the few nerds that's fine with it. I, more Star Wars, the better. And Star Trek. Let's see more Star Trek out yes. there, too. Yes. <laughs> I would be perfectly fine down the road to see uh, a whole new Picard run where there is they recast the, uh, the next generation. I think that would be awesome. Yeah, that'd be sweet. Do you think but. that they will continue... So the next question for this topic is, do you think that they will continue to hire these kind of experimental directors or these younger directors with considering the issues they've had keeping the, them in line? I don't know. I mean, that's... I, I think every time that happens, it's kind of egg on the face of everybody involved. So you'd think that they... Like, okay, let's get the tried and true for now and uh, let's be careful with the the, the new I-want-to-be-James-Cameron types. Yeah. That's what it feels like to me is like... We're going to be James Cameron and we're going to make our awesome movie and screw you all if you don't like it. I, but I don't know. Yeah. Don't Josh know. Trank is, yeah, like you said, Josh Trank is probably for hire still. Yeah. <laughs> well, he was the first one to get fired. So, yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, well but I mean, that was, but that was, that had nothing to do with Star Wars. That was just because of what happened on Fan, Fan Four Stick. Supposedly. But who knows how the uh, how production meetings went if they even got that far? Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, yeah. well we're we're all just along for the Star Wars ride, but wherever it goes, I'm so far I'm game. Yeah, but when do you think uh, when do you think trailer two is going to drop or has it? I I'm so out of the loop with Star Wars right now. Like it, we're still on that original trailer, right? Yep. Well, let's see. Wow. September, October, uh, November. It comes out in December. Probably next month, I would guess. Maybe. Hmm. Hopefully. I can't wait to see it as soon as possible. Okay. It. Stephen King's It. Massive hit. <laughs> Huge. Wow. Yes, sir. So the question was put to us online. I think it was by Stephen. Um, why? 
What do you think are the contributing factors to it being a big hit in September when a, when a horror movie does not do as well as it does like in October? Yeah, I right off the bat, the marketing was fantastic for this. Great marketing. Genuinely scary trailers. Just lots of viral marketing going on. Um, everything about, like, to me, I haven't seen the movie yet. Everything about the trailer looked fairly faithful to the the King novel, which I adore. Uh, I like the fact that it's a longer running time, even though I'm here, I am bitching about how I can't see it because it's so long, but I like the fact that it's not 90 minutes long. It I'm like, what? that's not long enough. And I'm guessing that even at two hours and 15 minutes as a part one, it's probably still not long enough, but at least it's, there is some breathing room there. I mean, this is going to be longer when part two is done. This is going to be longer than the miniseries that showed on TV years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the reviews have been generally positive and uh, they went they went for it with the R rating, I'm sure. So, I, man, I commend them for it. I think that's fantastic. I'm so glad that this was a hit and that, it's, that it seems to be relatively faithful. Yeah, the only thing they, things they seem to have cut are things that didn't make sense in the book anyway. Like the yeah. scene at the end. The thing, yeah. Uh, it'll be interesting to see because you and I have both read the book and the book, actually the miniseries, the TV miniseries kind of follows the book a bit more, like from what I can remember. But I like the fact that, uh, you know, we meet the adults and then we go back to their childhood. And from what I hear, there is no adults reuniting in this part one, which that's how the book, the book is, is we meet them all in the now and then they all get together and then we start seeing their their childhoods. Yeah. Well, uh, and what I've heard is the the only indication of the adult side is that uh, the tag at the very end of the movie is that when it's over, it says uh, it chapter one. Hmm. There which, you go. That's a cool tag and probably they weren't planning on making a part two unless this is a huge hit. And then they watch the movie and they're like, oh, we're good. Go ahead and put a little something at the end to indicate that there might be another one. And yeah, yeah, like I said last week, the director was, didn't like the adult part of the book. And uh, guess what? He's directing next after a $125 million weekend in September. (laughs) It part deux. Uh, Yes, he is. (laughs) It's going to be interesting to see, and this is, be careful here, this is a bit spoilery, but with the book, it gets very, uh, it gets very science fiction-y towards the end. I'm not sure if you remember, but to me, it, there's a lot of alien-ish stuff going yeah, on I that- I don't remember the science fiction-y stuff in, in the second half of the book. Oh, it's, it's very much there, and it's very much starts to weave into the Dark Tower and all that, and with the- I don't want to say too much. I mean, I, I love I'm not saying you're wrong. I don't remember. Yeah. It's been, I, I read it in high school. <laughs> yeah. So I just, I'm curious how that's going to play in doing a lot more like effects heavy stuff that as we know, the TV miniseries really dropped the ball on that. Granted, it's an older PG ish rated made for TV thing, but I hope they really go for it with part two and get crazy with the, you know, I want to see like, John Carpenter, the thing type craziness going on with that, with creatures and battling in another, another regions of the whatever world. Well, even, boy, I don't remember any of that. What with, oh, you don't remember the turtle thing? 
Oh, it's, dude, I read it in high school. We're talking yeah. 20 years ago. T- plus, 22. Um, the thing that I remember most about the kids part is... Because I read it after I watched the miniseries. I watched the miniseries on TV with my mom. I will never forget those couple nights watching watching that. Just on the couch. We were glued. That was one of the few times where we set our alarms and whatever. And we are going to be on the couch at this point in time to watch this shit. It, it's amazing how my mom hates horror movies, and yet all of my fondest memories of watching movies with my mom are aliens and tremors and arachnophobia and yeah, like she does she hates horror movies. But if it's a creature feature, she's fine. She doesn't care. Hmm. Anyway, anyway. So after watching the the first half of the miniseries, or after watching the miniseries, then I went and read the book, and I was amazed at how incredibly hardcore the book was in like how many people died. Like, in the movie, I don't know, they kind of imply that, like, 30 kids died or something over the years. Whereas in the book, hundreds and hundreds, and this has been going on for so many years, Mm -hmm. there are arms ripped off and just slaughtering, gory. Ugh, it's it's crazy. I wonder if any of that stuff got into this first movie. I wonder if they really stuck to the... Um, source material with that. And then, obviously, they excised the adult stuff, from what I hear, which mm-hmm. is a good thing, because the whole premise of we're adults, and then we get together and talk about this shit we did as kids, it, it that's a giant editing failure right there, because, well, I know they're all going to be all right, because they're all here. You know, mm-hmm. every, everybody, all the Losers Club, apparently they're all adults now, so... Oh, they're going into the sewer. But they're all adults, so they'll make it out. You know, it robs a little bit of the yeah the suspense or horror of that. I hate it when they do that shit. I love uh, the in the trailers, we only see glimpses of the bullies, and the bullies play such a huge part of that book, and they are despicable evil bastards, especially the main one. And you only see a couple glimpses of him in the trailers, but it just, it takes me right back to the rock fight that they had. And there's so much going on with that bully. And I, the trailers were done so good and they are so damn scary. And I love that everybody's going around their towns now tying red balloons to the Yeah, that's great. That's, that is free publicity right there. Yep. (laughs) So, I'm I'm very very happy that a King movie. It seems like so often King movies are either dumped onto Netflix, which you know for what it's worth, I am a one of the few fans of Gerald's Game. I think it looks really good. I really liked the book, but just like so many of the King movies lately are just dumped onto streaming services or whatever, or get or well, they've always like kind the, of been that way. They're they're on uh, network television. I mean, the ones. That- we know, maybe pencil in a time in October and we need to talk about King adaptations because I feel like most of them were on television or direct-to-video and then you know, there were a good amount, I guess, that were theatrically released. Needful Things, Pet Cemetery, mm-hmm. Shining, Pet Cemetery 2. Did that get a theatrical? Oh, yeah. Mm. Maximum Over... Well, Maximum... Yeah, Maximum Overdrive was a book. Yeah. Running Man... Which that's 
That's I mean, in name only. Lawnmower Man in name only. I know, but we need to go through all the adaptations because there's been so many of them that we need to check mark which ones have been theatrical, which ones were direct video. Because if we look at, oh, he's had 30 things released and only seven of them were theatrical, then that means most of them were dumped to TV or dumped to Netflix or Mick Garris. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. We'll do that. Yeah, In October, we need to set aside one episode for Stephen King. Stephen King I, time. Yeah. And, and back in the day when, obviously, the, there was no internet, I mean, every King adaption would come out on – it would come out onto the big screen. I mean, Cujo, Dead Zone, Firestarter. Uh, well, I guess well, – yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, about it, but, yeah, you're probably right. Most of them <laughs> did come to theater. Uh, hmm. But I, I don't know. I – and there's another, that's another thing with um, this It movie coming out. I feel like there's a resurgence. Well, and then this kind of relates to Episode 7. I, one of my friends mentioned online that it's funny how when that movie came out, everybody loved it. And now that some time has passed, everybody, it, the new cool thing is to shit on that movie. And it's like, why, why are you going to be so uptight? But I feel the same is true of the It movie, where now that... There's a good It movie. It's really cool to shit on the miniseries. And I remember watching that back in the day and, and just being terrified. I watched that on network television. And it was scary. It worked on me. Granted, I was much younger. Yeah. But people watch it now and they're like, this is cheesy and dumb and, and the adult side is, is not as intense. Or, I don't know. I, I've, read, I've just read a lot of complaints that I'm like, come on, man. Like, Relax. It was a totally different time and place when that thing came out. Yeah. It could, I mean, seriously, think about if, if, if that was, I believe, Tommy Lee Wallace directed that. And just think of how that would have been. Cause it, it is for, you know, Tim Curry was really good as it. And there is some good performances, but think if they could have really gone for it and had a, like an R rated movie back then, it would have been so much better. It just doesn't seem like that's the type of movie that would have, that, should have been adapted as a TV movie to me, just because of the subject matter is so strong. I agree, but they, I mean, they did, did the stand, the stand came after that, right? Oh, right. Around. Was that oh, 95? You're yucking yeah. it, but uh, we watched, my, my family sat and watched every, that was an event. It was a, they adapted the, another King thing. We got to sit and yeah. watch it. And it was awesome. At the end, you're like, oh, some of those special effects were meh. But at the time, it worked. I, yeah. Not the special effects. Even the special effects were kind of dodgy. Yeah. But Though I, I do remember, and that goes for the Lang like even the Langoliers. I remember seeing that on network television being like, that was so good. <laughs> <laughs> the only one that I remember watching back when I was a, a lot younger um, that I flat out, I'm like, that was not good, was The Shining. The Mick Garris Shining. I'm like, even though I was still in my, probably my teens or whatever, I'm like, that sucked. I'm sorry, but give me the Stanley Kubrick movie any day. That was lame. And I still stand by that. I don't, I don't like that TV movie at all. Not scary at all. Eh. I own it. <laughs> Just because I have to try and own every Stephen King thing. Uh, the Langoliers, that was another one that I made a point to watch every thing that was broadcast, but it was just so different back in the days before like DVD was affordable and home video was affordable. I know, I know yeah. those things existed at the time, but they were still really expensive to get a VHS, a shit VHS. And they wouldn't yeah. put unusual things on VHS or at least none that we could find around here. 
You know, yeah. you, you wouldn't have Langoliers on VHS. You wouldn't have. So you're like, this might be my only. I'm not kidding. Somewhere in my parents' house exists VHS tapes of um, all three of those things. Possibly with commercials attempted to be edited out as it was broadcast. <laughs> Pause. Pause. Record. Yeah. Record. Yeah. Because I, I may never see this again. Yeah. Yeah. Well, do you remember what your first experience was with a Stephen King adaption? Or like, what oh, was the first boy. the first thing that you've ever remember of? Like, I th- oh, probably that's... something like Running Man, where I did it, it. It doesn't feel like a Stephen King anything, you know. Yeah. Uh, so I, it w- wouldn't have any effect on me. Um, uh, certainly, certainly none of the usual ones. Like, oh, Christine. I remember watching Christine when I was. I, that might be, I might have been the first one. I think I saw that on TV one time. Okay. When I, was, when I was younger, Killer Car. It's like that's interesting. Then maybe Maximum Overdrive, which I'm like, what? Um, amazing that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> wow, amazing that a guy who writes stories about killer cars is suddenly almost killed by a car. <laughs> yes. Wow. Yeah, you know it's. It, for me, I, I actually remember, uh, this is how much I love horror, but I remember being in, in grade school and I was, I was young, uh, but I remember people were talking about this movie called Children of the Corn. And this is my first recollection of Stephen King. And like people were talking about, oh, have you, you know, there's this movie coming out called Children of the Corn where these kids kill parents. And I was like, as a kid, I'm like, what? Someone actually made a movie about that. And that was my first recollection of anything Stephen King, anything, was Children of the Corn. Um, and then very shortly thereafter, The Shining was on network television at some point. That's, that was my first actual horror movie that I watched was The Shining on TV. So those two were like my first, my first foray into the King universe. And, And, you know, Children of the Corn, for what it's worth, is kind of meh now. But back then, man, that was kind of the talk was, you know, and then when it came out on VHS, you, the cover was, you know, this kid's hand in the corn and there's a sickle and you're like, this yeah. is hardcore. Wow. So. Yeah. I remember that cover and I remember everybody talking about Children of the Corn, but I, I didn't watch that thing until like, what, a year ago, <laughs> two years ago. Nah, so it's, it's okay. Uh, it nah, it had very little <laughs> effect on me, but I, I would have liked it if I watched it when it came out, probably. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I feel like there, aside from those couple things that I mentioned that I watched before, I realized that they were King adaptations. That I really found King through his books. Yeah. Just, and I'm I'm not even sure how that started. It might have been a. Boy, I don't even know what the first King book was that I read. I know that just in high school, though, and I, I like to read, but uh, you're being forced to read all these books you don't want to read in high school. Mm-hmm. That's what I try and reinforce with my kids. Look, man, there's good books out there that appeal to you and things that you are interested in. And you do need to read some of this literature stuff, but you also don't be put off of reading because of it. You can read some of this shit. And I remember telling my English teacher, I like reading King because it's like, uh, 
It's like reading a movie. <clears throat> and I know that's not a good thing when it comes to literature, necessarily, but it was something that got me into reading, and it would make, yeah. it made reading more difficult novels easier for me. When I yeah. understand, you know, I, I I don't know if I'm putting that. In no, you know, you are, you absolutely are. My first uh, recollections of King, his novels, was Cycle of the Werewolf, which is, I stumbled upon one day at the library, uh, and it was that's the one where it's actually it was adapted into Silver Bullet, but back then it was like this graphic novel. That's what it was. It was a graphic novel, gorgeous graphic novel, and that was like I was able to. Watch this movie on page. Like, this is awesome. There's werewolf that's ripping people to shit. This is so great. So that's my first novelization, I guess, kind of, or the novel was yeah. Cycle of the World. The first one that I actually read, read was I think Misery was the first one that I actually sat down, or was it The Shining? Uh, one of those two was the first one I that read, I... I haven't read either of those, and I went through the bulk of King's books in high school. Like I would, I have the copies on my shelf are all from the nineties. It's it's they're all worn out as hell, but it's cool to have. Yeah, I don't know, just to have uh, older versions. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I yeah. That's it's it's weird to think of like The Shining back then. I'm like that book was fantastic, and but even then I had watched the movie already. I'm like, well, that's not like the movie, but it's still really good. And then I recently reread. Uh, the Shining, which I'm sure that we talked about probably a year or two, a couple of years ago on the show, but I just I think that that book is I hate to say it I'm probably in the minority I think it's a little overrated I think King uh, I think uh, Kubrick's version is scarier and I think it works better than King's book it's just me <laughs> <laughs> oh that's just everybody on planet Earth except for Stephen King yeah <laughs> and Mick Garris apparently um, and I guess him too yes. <laughs> Anyway, I could get, I could do a whole, we, I could literally do a whole episode on The Shining and the differences and the, the weird, almost like supernaturally things going on with what Kubrick put in his movie that just make it just an uncomfortable experience the whole way through versus King's good ghost story that, eh, it's good. Well, it's, it's, Kubrick filtered it down and took out all the weird King shit. You know, it, it, much the way that um, supposedly this new It translation does. he They filtered it down and take out the king shit that doesn't work. Of too much writing. The dude writes too damn much. What is his motto? 13 pages every day if you're a writer. Um, No, you don't have to do that. <laughs> At least if you do do that, then filter it down to maybe half of that. Because if you're writing that much, it, it's too much. It, in, that much stream of consciousness doesn't always work. Sometimes you got to yeah. go back and do an edit and go, wow, what was I thinking? This is a little yeah. much. Take it out. Yeah. That would be the Tommy knockers, which oh, was cool. I, I, I watched that movie once. I don't remember anything about it. Oh, whatsoever. the book is, there's a great idea in there, but good Lord, dude, ease up on the cocaine. That was <laughs> nuts. <laughs> that book was all over the place and way too long. Sell. Oh, yeah. That was a hundred is... pages too long. Mm -hmm. That was a, that could have been an awesome 200, you, 200 pages is a novel. You're good. Yeah. Yeah. Even, heck, even put, put that with three other 150, 200 page 
books and make a, another one of your anthology book or whatever novella thing and good to go. I agree. But wow, we went on a tangent there, didn't we? Yes, we did. Okay, uh, it's time for <clears throat> recently watched, and I'm up first. Wonderful. Oh boy, uh, everything I've got to talk about is old shit. Um. Hmm. Gold. Let's talk about gold with Matthew McConaughey. Oh, I think you hinted at that last week, didn't you? Yeah, that's why I feel obligated to talk about it now. Good movie. You should check it out. Definitely worth a watch. It's like uh, Wolf of Wall Street, but a little more gritty, and yet at the same time a little more light. I know that sounds a little weird, but... That's kind Hmm. of the way it is. It's hard for me to even remember everything that happened in that movie. Now, well, I watched it a month ago. But it is definitely a good flick, especially if you enjoy, uh, I don't know, all the Gold Hunter TV shows that are out now, then you're you're probably like, what, huh? But (laughs) (laughs) it was great. It, it was it was enjoyable to watch Matthew McConaughey go out in the jungle and try and find gold and do, I don't know it's it's very much a Wolf of Wall Street type of movie in my opinion. Uh, if you really enjoyed that movie, I don't see any reason you wouldn't enjoy this one. It kind hmm. of follows very similar tropes of of Wolf of Wall Street and of uh, the Founder, which I just reviewed on our Facebook mm-hmm. page. Very similar things. All three of those movies kind of fit in a trifecta of why America is all fucked up the way it is now, and corporations rule everything. So, why did it not do so hot? It that, that movie, I kind of recall it kind of bombed, didn't it? I don't know, but we can look. I don't know about the actual numbers. I can speculate as to why it actually did bomb, or uh, if it did, because 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 we just had a, a Wolf of Wall Street movie. That's why. Because you can look at this movie in the same sort of light. You know? Yeah. Oh. Poor schlub finds a way to get rich. Yay. Happy for you. And then, oh, somebody else is coming along taking it away. Oh. Damn, what a bummer. But at the same time, you're kind of a scumbag, so I don't feel bad for you. I, That's Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah. It's two hours, 45 minutes. Oh, great. I'm going to spend all my time watching that. You know, there's enough misery in the world that we don't need to formulate it. You know, we're not going to see it on purpose if we don't have to. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, Well, it's probably just me. I'm that weird fucking dickhead who's like, Hacksaw Ridge, guy who won't take weapons. He's going to go into, what, World War II or was that Vietnam? Whatever the hell it was. It was miserable. Wow, I'm going to go spend two and a half hours watching that. I'm good. (laughs) I got enough misery in my life. Which will lead me into my review then later on, but uh, keep going. Well, just not my life personally. I'm talking about no. just viewing the news on a daily yeah. basis. Anyway, go ahead. Back to you. <laughs> okay. So, speaking of uh, Hacksaw Ridge, let's go into Platoon from 1986. <laughs> oh, it's the happy episode. Oh, yay. <laughs> and I literally, this is just the weirdness of Eugene's brain, but I'm uh, sitting downstairs and... My wife and I finished the movie kind of early, uh, and it was kind of a upbeat, feel-good movie, and I'm sitting there, and I'm like, I'm not quite ready for bed yet. I'm like, what should I watch? So I just literally walked to my movie room, and I'm like, just pick something, and I looked over into the P section. I'm like, ah, Platoon, let's do that. Why not? 
<laughs> it was like uh, Peckers 2, Peckers 3, Peckers 4, Platoon. Platoon. Ah, I'll take Platoon. Pa- yes. So another watching of, and I know where you stand on this movie, and I've watched this probably, I think this was my third or fourth time watching it in my life. Um, but I, I do like it for what it is. It is by no means the best war movie out there. Uh, but with lowered expectations, this is no Full Metal Jacket. This is certainly no Apocalypse Now or even Saving Private Ryan. But there are great moments in the movie, especially Tom Berenger. I think every time Tom Berenger is in uh, the shot, he is great. He is just this evil bastard. But you can tell he genuinely, like, he believes what he's there for, I guess. Um, but it's just, there's, it's, I hate to say it's, it's so depressing because it's a Vietnam War movie and that Vietnam War movies are not feel good movies, but uh, I thought it was good. I still think it's, it's good, not fantastic. Uh, best movie of the year. I'm not sure what else came out in 1986, but, uh, aliens. Okay. There you go. Aliens <laughs> is world's better. But Platoon, I'm not sure, will you ever give this movie another rewatch, or are you done? Yeah, oh yeah, I'll watch this movie again. Because it's instantly forgettable. Okay. <laughs> what I remember so- almost nothing about this movie other than they got high a lot, and they complained yep. a lot, and then Charlie yep. Sheen was covered in soot or something, and Willem Dafoe died. That, that's all I remember about that movie. Yeah, roll credits. There you go. Yeah. There's a good, there's a really good, a really powerful scene where they, they take over this, this camp in Vietnam, like this, this village, I guess, and where you can tell this, the weight of the war is really on everybody and the soldiers are, you know, they're, they're doing things they shouldn't and it's, it's depressing, of course, but it's, it's probably my favorite scene of the movie where Charlie Sheen just has a breakdown, like he starts shooting at this kid's feet. Get out of here. Charlie Sheen has a breakdown? Yeah. <laughs> see, and, but it's weird watching Charlie Sheen, by the way, in like a movie like this. I'm like, ah, oh, he was pretty good in this. And just to see where his, tr- you know, trajectory, wh- where he went. Uh, yeah. So, anyway, but yeah, Platoon, it's, it's. I don't hate the movie. I just, I, I just think it's entirely overrated. And Best Picture? No. No. Yeah, I would agree there. It's it has its moments, but it's it's no Full Metal Jacket, and certainly, like I said, no Apocalypse Now. I felt like both of those movies were far more reflective of the actual conflict than just the. I don't know. It, it just it feels like whining to me, and I'm a parent. And I have kids, and it, it, you're whining. I'm not dealing with your actual issue. You're just eh, feelings. Eh, and then, oh, oh, heroin. Let me get high. <laughs> Smoke weed and shit. And, and then let me complain. I don't know. I, it felt very complainy to me. Yeah. Oh, it is. It is. And I think uh, that's another reason why I really appreciated Tom Berenger's character in the movie is that he was just. We are here to do a job, and I don't give a shit if it's right or wrong or whatever. I'm here to kill the bad guy. The end. He was the best part of the movie, even though he was a, he was he was an evil bastard. He was really good in the movie. If you would take him out of it, I would not have liked the movie near as much. I like so. Tom Berenger in everything. Yeah, <laughs> great actor. 
Anyway, enough Platoon. Let's get on to... Well, I hear uh, I said, let's get on to better things, but oh, I've got a couple of doozies coming up. Okay. I'm going to do another serious review, and then I would like a list of all of the bullshit that you've been watching. Just get it checked right off your list, okay? Okay. Uh, Salt and Fire. This was on the roulette a couple weeks ago. Directed by Werner Herzog. Starring... Veronica, dang it, my dang phone won't put the full name up. It's Michael Shannon, right? Michael Shannon. Uh, Veronica Ferris, I am probably pronouncing that wrong. Michael Shannon, Gail Garcia Bernal. This movie, I I contemplated doing a write-up for the Facebook page on this one, but I opted not to because I wanted to actually talk about it. Okay. I'm going to give this movie a thumbs up. And I don't think most people will, according to IMDb. Actually, no, they will not. <laughs> uh, it is it is a different kind of Werner Herzog film. It's like he's going back to his experimental kind of roots. So this is not going to appeal to everyone. You want to, I hate to put the label on it, but you want to throw artsy-fartsy on there, quote-unquote. This might qualify as that. It is a very different story arc. It is a very different kind of film. A scientist blames the head of a large company for an ecological disaster in South America. Uh, But when a volcano begins to show signs of erupting, they must unite to avoid a disaster. And that is a fucking horrible description of this film. The the more accurate description is a CEO uh, kidnaps environmentalists that were appointed by the UN to come evaluate the situation in a third world country and then does all kinds of weird things that would take me an hour to explain. Like, <sighs> how do I, I don't even know how to address this because if I even try to explain what this movie is about, I'm going to spend 90 minutes just telling you the entire story of the movie. Okay. It's nothing, it's nothing like crazy Lynchian weirdness, like, or, or, or some kind of, uh, rapiness or something. It's just sort of like, you need to, he, fuck, how do I explain this? <laughs> yeah. I, we showed this at our theater for a one night only showing. Uh, this oh, was, really? Yeah. And you didn't watch it? No. That's I was working that night. I, I, I couldn't, but yeah, we showed it. It's too bad. I give this movie a thumbs up, a, a, res, a reserved thumbs up. But a thumbs up nonetheless, because it was, it was entertaining all the way through, and I enjoyed it. I thought it was very different. It was, uh, it was, I don't know. It just it kept my interest because the supposed bad guys were not all that bad, and the good guys were. I don't want to say not all that good, but they needed a little bit of a life lesson, and okay. they, you know the the supposed bad guys kind of gave it to him a little bit. They're just like, look at this from this point of view. This is like the Obi-Wan Kenobi of movies. Yeah, what you're saying is true, but it's also true from this point of view. And that was the thing that Michael Shannon's character was trying to constantly impress on the person that he kidnapped. Yeah, I know you got a bunch of facts over there, but look at it from my point of view. I'm trying to make amends for this and this and this. I am wasting my life trying to explain this movie to you. It's yeah, a total I waste yeah. of time. I think you should give it a watch at some point, 
but only in to check off the Werner Herzog yes. checklist. It's a good it's a good movie. I enjoyed it. Uh especially for environmentalist kind of uh oh, Okay. If you're into that, pretty good. Uh fuck. I am just babbling like an incoherent <laughs> moron. This movie is movie in, uh, this movie is indescribable, dude. So worth at least one watch, a Netflix watch. Yeah. Okay. Let's put it this way. I regret watching The Founder more than I regret watching this movie. I really? enjoyed this movie more than that one. And I gave that one a pretty high score. Yeah, you did. Okay. I, I like that movie. You've genuinely intrigued me, by the way, with this. Uh, with your review. I'm, I'm like, I... It seems like some weird vortex that I need to go down because I have no idea what it's about. It's just this anomaly of cinema that is lurking on Netflix for me waiting. You should. And it, it just kind of it goes over here, then it goes over there, then it goes over here. And you're like, oh, now we're doing this. Oh, OK. Now. Oh, now we're doing now. It's totally shifted. And we're doing this. All right. It's fine. And by the time it was done, I was like, I, OK. That was weird and discombobulated, but I enjoyed watching it. And there's more of a chance that I will rewatch this than The Founder. Totally worth one watch, both of these movies. Back to you. <laughs> oh, well, okay. So here's one that I've been uh, wanting to watch for a while. It's been on my Amazon queue because, yes, I have an Amazon queue as well. And it's been lurking there and I have not hit play on it because of the runtime, but... I've seen enough positive-ish good reviews. I'm like, okay, time to jump on this. And I'm sorry that I did. It is <laughs> 2016's The Girl with All the Gifts. Oh, Have wow. I've heard nothing but good reviews of this. Yeah. Nope. I'm good. Pass. Um, I, I I gave it two stars. Or did I get it two and a half? Uh, let's see here. Two stars. Yep. It's well-made. Well-acted for what it is, but entirely way too long, entirely way too serious. And it felt a bit like uh, 28 weeks later, but without any of the action, but just that soldiers and just everybody's sad and depressed. And I'm like, okay, the, the, it's a basically a post-apocalyptic, not a post-apocalyptic, but just the world is ravaged with zombies and kids, some kids are born with the zombie gene in them and it's, it's wrapping around their brains. And so they are kind of hungry sometimes, but kind of not. And they're in school and they're being taught, but they're chained up and soldiers and scientists and teachers or whatever rub like this KY jelly shit on to make them not smell. So kids won't eat them, I guess, or something. Uh, and it goes on and on and it's serious, very serious and, uh, this screams of, a movie that Eugene is going to watch in 2020 and be like, this was awesome. <laughs> not right now. It's not. It, it just did not do anything for me at all. It Again, it took itself too seriously. Too wait. I mean, almost two hours long. Come on. You're not George Romero's Dawn of the Dead. You really, you're not that. And in the end, there's some gigantic tree. I'm spoiler. There's some big tree that, the disease has, I, I don't, up. I, I don't, I don't want spoiler. I'm going to watch this movie. All right. Yeah. It's whatever. Okay. Let's get on to other, other stuff. Um, I, I, yeah. It, now that I talk about it, I actually really did not fucking like that movie at all. <laughs> nah, like two stars. What? 
So let's get on the better uh, that's things. A, that's a pretty high review considering the things you've been reviewing. Yes, I know. No, <laughs> just, just, just wait. Here we go. Okay. Okay, so the next one I watched was a movie called Star Crystal. Here's something. Ooh, that uh, took sounds me... sci-fi. Oh, it's, oh, it is. Um, it's sci-fi, all right. Let me find it here. There it is, 1986. So I... Bought it on Blu-ray because the cover is, it's a cross between Ridley Scott's Alien and um, Toby Hooper's Life Force. Like, the cover is like, let's mush those two together and unleash this. It is so bad. Like, it, it's so, it took me two two times, to, two times watching it. I fell asleep both times, actually. Um, and here's the synopsis. I'm still, on, I'm still not talked out of watching this. Oh, it's, uh, it, here's the synopsis on IMDb. Crew members aboard a spaceship encounter an alien life form intent on killing them. And yes, I'm in. It is, it's a couple of rooms, um, cardboard rooms, I think, with buttons that go beep, beep, boop, beep, 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 boop. And there's like this, mm-hmm. this, like, this slimy little E.T.-ish looking kind of bad puppet K.Y. Jelly alien that is sad for some reason and therefore a couple people die but then they talk about shit and work things out with the alien and there's a life affirming message in the end and then it's it was awful and again shit that kind of thing I'm in I'm in (laughs) (laughs) it's so bad I mean like the, the like the ships flying in space I'm like that is literally a toy that someone has got on a string that's just kind of shaking it back and forth in front of me. And it's on Blu-ray and I have it. Okay. Oh. So next up. Put yeah. it on the list. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, yeah. Here we go. Another one. Um, Transformations. Uh, another science fiction gem. Uh, and this one here, the... The ten minute. How are, how, how, how are you watching all this non horror shit? But you haven't found time for the mummy. What's going on? I, I know, I know. Well, I'll get to that in here. In just uh, a now we've already crossed the line of I'm pumping it up too much, and now you're going to watch it and be like, "What the fuck? This was totally yeah. like a C plus movie." And I'm like, "Well, I I gave it a C plus grade. I don't I don't know why yeah. you're angry at me." <laughs> well, if, before we get to that whole thing and what I watched instead of the mummy. 1988 uh, Indians won. 22nd win in the row. They they set the record. Nice. Ooh. Wow, that's I mean that's fantastic. Back to movies because okay. this isn't sports freaks. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Transformations 1988. Uh Wolfgang is traveling in outer space when a monster which he sees as a beautiful woman appears in his spaceship and they have sex and then he gets an STD. Um, and then they're on a prison planet, kind of like Alien 3, except nothing like Alien 3. And then there's boils on people and some nudity. And then a guy in a rubber suit. And it was awful. But. Wait, the... no, no, there's no way that was awful. <laughs> because I am hard. <laughs> that all sounded fantastic. That sounded oh. like uh, Outland with. Sean Connery. Oh, oh, that's a good movie. Oh, yeah. this uh, it, when it was done, I, 
it's so shitty. And then I watched the <laughs> 10 minute interview with the director. And the director was like, I'm sorry, guys. I'm like, <laughs> what? <laughs> He's like, I was brought on and I had to work with a, with a crew that didn't speak English and they hated me. And it was, <laughs> it was hilarious listening to him trash his own movie because he trashes his movie for 10 minutes and then it's over. I'm like, okay, I, I own that on Blu-ray as well. So, um, anyway, um, that's transformations back to you coming soon. Um, I have reviews of Berserk, the golden age arc two and three, as I have promised for a couple of weeks, we will be getting to that. I will be watching some other movies to try and catch up and have reviews for the show. I don't know what those are going to be because I've been watching bullshit lately. So. Over to you. <laughs> okay. Well, so the mummy, real quick here. The reason I have not rented the mummy yet is because I was going to watch it last night and my wife wanted to watch Enchanted. So we watched Enchanted from 2007. And this is the Disney. This is kind of what kicked off the live action Disney universe, I guess you could call it. Well, you so, usually do a Disney a thon in December. Yeah, well, yeah, and we're getting geared up for Disney. Yeah. For some reason, that just feels Disney to us, and she loves. It's fine. I, I, I was just busting yeah. your balls about that. I, yeah. I don't care. Yeah, but it's. I do appreciate Disney enough to where like that's one company that I can watch their cartoons or whatever. And we we've gone through numerous episodes of it, but I've never watched Enchanted. I'll get into the review of Enchanted along with a couple other Disney movies. So we're going to be going through some Disney movies. In the coming weeks, so I just be prepared. There's going to be some Disney stuff being reviewed. Uh, what horror stuff? What horror stuff? Here, I don't even say what movie stuff. It's what horror stuff will I be reviewing? All of it. All of it. <laughs> um, I'm trying to. There's a couple of movies that I've been. Now nah, it's all horror. Okay, that's it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh... <laughs> That's going to do it for this episode. Uh, anything else you want to add, sir? Um, dear Lord, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Eric Marner. I'm Eugene Weaver. See you next week, dude. Bye. Thanks for listening.